IBS and the gut-brain connection. Today we're going to explore irritable bowel syndrome known as IBS. Welcome to the podcast Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. You're listening to episode 8. I'm talking about IBS today because most people with fibromyalgia suffer from IBS. By the way, you can listen to this podcast wherever you are in the world and at any time that you wish. I always include show notes for those with brain fog so you don't have to take notes. I do believe that there's a lot of information, both good and bad, out there about fibromyalgia. As an educator who specializes in this area, I think it's my job to point out to you that the beneficial information can be organized in a fashion that will reduce the symptoms of this malady. My name is Amanda Lee Love, and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia nine years ago, which influenced my decision to enter the field of nutrition, and now I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those who are suffering from fibromyalgia. To understand what IBS is, it is best to compare it to inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD, which is actually a condition that a doctor can diagnose, well, IBS is an intestinal issue that a doctor cannot diagnose. The IBS diagnosis is one that a doctor can't give until they have tested for everything else and those tests are all negative. However, that doesn't mean that IBS is any less real or less difficult for those who struggle with it. IBS is basically a group of symptoms with an origin that cannot be identified. It's interesting to note that almost 40% of people who visit their doctor state they have gastrointestinal problems. It is estimated that 60 million Americans suffer from IBS. This is a disturbing number for doctors and their patients because without addressing the root cause, they can't do much more than mask the symptoms. Here are a few symptoms of IBS. A change in stool compensation, chronic constipation, or diarrhea, abdominal cramping, especially after meals, excessive gas, severe stomach pain, nausea, and mucus in the stool. Other symptoms may include headache, fatigue, insomnia, and muscle pain. These symptoms for those with IBS are chronic, lasting for at least three to six months out of the year. So, you can see, symptoms like these can be very debilitating. It was previously thought erroneously that IBS was psychomatic and a problem caused by real or perceived stress that was all in the head. But there is a problem here as it implies that a person can control their symptoms or think their way out of it. However, those with IBS know this isn't the case. So doing away with that theory, IBS is classified today as a gut-brain axis problem. Researchers recognize 
that the gut-brain axis is biodirectal communication pathway and that IBS is caused by a combination of things that could disrupt the nervous system in the gut, the production of digestive enzymes, and the muscular reflex system. The root cause of IBS could be SPO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, food intolerances, leaky gut, parasites living in the gut, yeast overgrowth, zinc or magnesium deficiency, or heavy metal toxicity. So, the common disruption of the nervous system and reflex is why IBS is categorized as a gut-brain axis dysfunction. So what does the gut-brain axis mean? To repeat, the gut-brain axis refers to bi-directional connections between the brain and the gut. We also have a nervous system in the gut called the eccentric nervous system. This is part of the autotomic nervous system which controls all muscle contractions and reflexes that happen during digestion. IBS is considered to be a disturbance in the automatic nervous system. What used to be considered motility dysfunction is now looked at as a breakdown of communication between the gut and the brain. The result is hypersensitivity meaning the body starts responding to the stimuli that normally would be difficult. This may sound weird, but scientists today believe that the gut is a second brain. It has more neurons than the brain and the spinal cord put together. In fact, there are a hundred million neurons in the small intestine alone. A neuron is a nerve that communicates and transmits information throughout the body that acts like a controlled panel, sending signals to the other neurons, except now we know that our control panel isn't located in one central place. There is a, cr a control panel in the gut too. Neurons communicate with other nerve cells by neurotransmitters. You can think of it like a game of telephone, where a message is passed down a line of people from one individual to the next, each person receiving that message through their ears before communicating it along. The brain sends all kinds of essential signals or neurotransmitters, which tells the body really important messages like instructing your heart to beat. And as we've been saying, the gut is the biggest sensory organ, so it has a lot to say. There are about 20 to 30 various neurotransmitters in the brain. The gut has the same variety. If you think of neurotransmitters as the language through which neurons communicate, then your gut has a similar ability to communicate with as many words as the brain and appears to be as equally complicated as equally smart. Overall, only 1,200 nerve fibers connect the brain to the gut. Such a small number is part of why scientists believe the gut 
has a mind of its own. At this point, you may be starting to see the complexity of gut function. What we do know is that IBS is a group of symptoms, not a specific disease with a name. While there are numerous root causes for IBS, the underlying connection is that they all involve dysfunction in the gut, brain axis. A paramount importance in managing IBS is deep healing of the gut so that the gut is producing the right enzymes, neurotransmitters, and stress receptors. We know that gut health and mental health are more connected than we thought. Sufferers of IBS need information and support to improve their condition. This is possible through changes in their foods while avoiding those foods that are harmful, supplements, and through lifestyle changes. With improvement in overall health, people will begin to feel much better. For your information, here are a few suggestions for supplements to begin the healing of the detestant. Number one, Apodopolis. Suggested doses, as directed on the label, to replenish the friendly bacteria needed for digestion and for manufacture of the B vitamins. Use a non-dairy formula. Number two, essential fatty acids, flaxseed oil, or propose oil. Suggested dosage, as directed on label, needed to protect the intestinal lining. Before we dive into the third suggestion, I want to remind all of you to please leave a comment. Next week, I'm doing a giveaway for a fibromyalgia journal, and I can't wait for you to grab it. You have to leave a review on my podcast, and the winner is announced on my next show. Number three, colostrum suggested dosage as directed on the label. Heals intestinal lining and aids in nutrient absorption. Also consult with a physician to receive help with controlling the IBS symptoms. I will be talking about food choices for IBS in episode 9, so don't miss out on episode 9. I love sharing these episodes with you and have been so excited about all the listeners and feedback you're sending me. Subscribe, which is free, on iTunes. Share and get all the people you know who need the support to listen. Did any one thing resonate with you today? If so, leave it in the comments. That helps me create even more amazing shows for you. Next week, we're going to continue on IBS, where I will share foods to heal the gut, foods that irritate the gut, supplements, and lifestyle changes that will help restore the balance in the gut. See you next week, and thanks for being here. Like, share, and comment, and listen for the winner to, to our Leave a Comment contest next week. Looking forward to talking with you soon for the nightfall episode where I discuss Irritable Bowel Syndrome Part 2.